Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn with me to John's Gospel, the 15th chapter. John chapter 15, and we're going to continue together in our series today to be fruitful. To be fruitful, we've already covered that in order to be fruitful, you first of all have to sow into good soil, number one. Number two, you have to sow with the expectation then that you're going to grow, that the things of faith that have been sown into your life, you are going to be faithful to tend and to cultivate to a growth pattern. Um, Third, today we're going to cover that in order to be fruitful, you may have to endure some pruning. This isn't, this isn't necessarily the most exciting message that we've ever heard because honestly, to be, to be really frank with you, sometimes the process of pruning is not exactly the most comfortable thing that you and I might endure or go through in this life. When there's a cutting away, you know, pruning is defined as to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Pruning, honestly, can sound or seem like a very counterintuitive process to us at first glance, but hopefully we're going to gain a perspective today that's going to show us how that pruning brings health and it's going to reveal the true value in our lives, even though we may have to endure some occasional hardness from time to time. So, like, like many aspects of our faith journey, pruning isn't always easy but it's necessary in order for health and new growth to occur. And as we've talked about growth last week, understand this, that sometimes growth in our lives needs to be managed. Because if we're not careful to really observe the fruitfulness of our lives, our lives can become overgrown. And, and because we're trying to support, we're trying to spin so many plates, we're trying to be so many things to so many people, so many places at so many different times, we can find that, that life has become overgrown and it's necessary then for there to be a trimming away, a cutting back, a, 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 a honing in, a focus so that our energies, our resources, our time, all of those things are being invested in places that are fruitful in our lives. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, turn with me to John 15. We're going to begin reading in uh, verse 1 here. And Jesus says, if you have a red letter edition of the word, you'll see here that these are the words of Jesus as he's speaking here. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Now, if you, if you take notes or scribble in your Bible, highlight, underline, whatever, I want, you to, I want you to notate that phrase there, that my father is the vine dresser. Understand also the role and responsibility of a vine dresser. The role and responsibility of the vine dresser is to pass through the vineyard. And to, and to observe the health and the fruitfulness of the vines. 
to find places that are overgrown, to find places that need to be fine-tuned, to, to find places that need to be, if we could use this word in, in, in our modern era, we probably understand it really well, to be optimized so that it yields the greatest degree of fruitfulness in our lives spiritually and and we've got to take all of what Jesus is saying here in the natural and apply it to our spiritual lives and our spiritual walk with the Lord and he says I am the true vine you are going to abide in me you are the branches and my father is the vine dresser so we see there there's that divine role and responsibility that, that the Lord is going to be surveying and surmising our lives and saying, hey, this part, this part, this is not fruitful. This is not helpful. You know, I, I've, I'm thinking as I talk about this, about a place where Paul says, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. Do you know, do you know that you can be engaged in some good things that are not necessarily God things. Sometimes I, I pray as, as church leaders, Pastor Lisa and I pray that, you know what, we, we never are offensive to you or hurt your feelings, but do you know that people approach us all the time with great ideas? Great ideas about the way ministry ought to be ordered or the way things ought to run or the way things ought to move. And that's great. We appreciate great ideas because after a while we'll run into some things. But you know what? We're not looking for great ideas. We're looking for God ideas. And just because an idea is a good idea doesn't make it a God idea. So we take it to prayer and say, Lord, is this your leading? Is this your direction? Because we know as a church body that we can get so sprangled out in so many different directions, honestly sprangled out in so many fruitless directions that it requires that we have a focus about what we're doing and we, we just really concentrate on those areas so that our church is a fruitful church. So that being said, let's jump back into the text today. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, takes, he takes away, he the vine dresser takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Two things are communicated here in chapter 15. Number one is first that Jesus makes it clear that he is the vine. All life from the branch is derived from the vine. The, the branch severed from the vine will die. The branch severed from the vine will die. So all life in the branch is derived from being connected to the vine. And Jesus here wants the listener to understand that there is no life in the Spirit apart from Him. This is one of those areas of, of scriptural truth that we, we can fully grasp. 
we can fully grasp that in a theoretical sense, but we can completely overlook the significance of what's being said. Say, Pastor, why do you say that? I, I say that because there's so many of us that we understand that true spiritual life comes from fellowship in the Spirit and communion with Jesus in the Holy Ghost, but we only are partakers thereof on occasion. We're not drawing from the life of the vine regularly and consistently. Let me ask you this, and I know this is so elementary that it's going to hurt, but let me ask it anyway, okay? How many of you are planning to eat today? To nourish the body, right? How many of you, let's be real honest, that's probably going to happen more than one time today. It'll happen several times through this week. You know, we're, we're going to sit down, we'll be partakers of things nutrients sustenance that is going to maintain and sustain the natural body can i tell you something that your spirit man is no different than your natural man any any more than you would starve yourself eventually to a state of death you can starve and many do starve their spirit man to death we came through a series just a few months ago that we had called Revived, and in that we talked about living a life that is not just up and down, you know, but it is, it's a place of just walking in the fullness of what God has for us as a continual state, not just an occasional thing where we come in, we get a little fired up now and then, but we live revived in the spirit of life. And, and this is kind of somewhat what Jesus is saying here, that, that we need to stay connected to the vine so that there is a state of continual life. Jesus said, I am come that you would have life and have it abundantly. Not occasionally, not sometimes, but all the time on a continual basis that we would be drinking from the wells of life that we would be drawing from him and from his life in the spirit so it, you know as i said though this is one of those areas that we can we can fully grasp with our intellect but we can completely overlook the significance of what's being said and by overlook i don't mean that the concept is lost on us that the branch separated from the vine is doomed what i mean is that in a practical sense we don't take the time often to connect daily to the vine regularly and in a meaningful way and as a result we're often depleted of the spiritual nutrients that we need to thrive in the spirit now just as all the nutrients needed for the plant to grow travel through the roots to the limbs by the trunk or the stem so also the need for life the the life life to the full comes through fellowship with jesus christ Second, Jesus makes it clear to us that the one who is responsible for cultivating this life in, in this growth in the lives of the people of God is God. 
But you and I have to live lives that are subjective. We have to have hearts that are subjugated to the lordship of Jesus. In other words, we have to take a posture that says, search me, O God, and know my heart. We would finish that psalm if we were quoting directly and say, and see if there's any unclean thing in me. But sometimes we might simply need to pray that prayer and say, God, you know what? Check me. Check me to see if I'm distracted. Check me to see if my life is overrun with cares and concerns. Check me to see if my garden is so full of weeds that the fruitful plant can't thrive. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, sometimes we can just be so overrun with good stuff that we don't have room for the God stuff. And, 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 we really need to, to live submissive to the lordship of Jesus Christ and the prompting of the Holy Spirit so that we can, we can allow God as the divine gardener who, who is an expert in facilitating growth to get into our hearts, to get into our minds and our thoughts and grow us and mature us into fruitful spiritual people. These two things are incredibly important to keep in mind as we talk about pruning today. It's crucial to remember who is behind all of it and that God, the divine gardener, has a bigger picture in our minds than what we might have even imagined for ourselves. Romans 8, 28, I remind you again today because we're talking about one of those nasty processes. Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Think back to our definition of pruning, to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase the fruitfulness, its fruitfulness and growth. When I was a kid, my parents, man, I'm telling you, they, they dug up bushes and planted bushes and transplanted bushes and like swap bushes with the neighbors and all this kind of stuff. And, and I used to watch them like take what appeared to be a beautiful, full, and flourishing plant and like whack it off to a nub. And I'd just, be, I'd just say, that don't make any sense whatsoever. Why did you do that? We did that so it'll bloom. We did that so it'll be fruitful. Right now, it's just a big shaggy mess. Yeah, it looks good, but it's not yielding. It looks good, but it's not producing. So we got to cut it off so that what grows back is bountiful. And, and that's necessary sometimes in our own lives. One of, one of the main jobs as, as, as a gardener of a gardener is to remove the dead or the fruitless or broken limbs of a plant. And, and often a plant will be hindered from fruitful production. And remember, this is a series about being a fruitful believer. But a plant is often hindered from being a fruitful plant or producing by dead or overgrown portions of its branches 
because those portions just get in the way. They just get in the way and they suck nutrients from and they rob from other places that would be fruitful. I want you to hang on to that thought for a few minutes because we're going to come back. Sometimes a plant wastes energy and it wastes nutrients to help branches that don't produce any fruit. In our lives, we often have similar areas that are, that are hindrances to us. It, it may be sin that needs to be removed. There may be discipline in our lives that we need to accept. It may even be something good in our lives that's distracting us from something great. And the gardener will prune these things away that we might have a better opportunity to grow into fruitfulness. And I want to tell you something today, church. If an earthly gardener is interested in the fruitfulness and the healthy growth of a plant here on this earth, just imagine how much more the divine gardener and the cultivator of the entire cosmos is interested in the same thing in your life and mine in a manner that's going to bear fruit in eternity eternity one thing one thing we have to learn even in scripture is that the appearances of a plant can be deceptive it may look like there's a help to the plant and that it should be productive but there's no fruit on the branch and sometimes you and I can model our lives and we can pattern our lives after all the Christianese that we've learned through the decades and we can engage in the religious practices and we can look just right. We can sound right, we can dress right, we can do right, but we can still be spiritually bankrupt and we can still be spiritually fruitless. And, and the gardener, God, the vine dresser, will prune these things out that we have a better opportunity to grow. And, and here's, here's what I want to say to challenge you today. Just because your life looks like it measures up to the standards of the world around you, does it measure up to God's plan and God's calling for your life? It may be that you have some things that are given the appearance of an ability to produce fruit that indeed are not fruitful. Can I add this? And I've said this before, but I want to add this to it. Religious activity does not necessarily equate to spiritual growth and progress. And I want to avoid extremes in our minds today as it relates to the, to the character and the nature of God and as we're talking about pruning because sometimes when we get on to topics like this that are somewhat disciplinary, you know, our minds can just, like, the arguments at least can go real wide on the spectrum and again, we struggle to find balance. Because God is often pictured as harsh and tyrannical and he's just waiting for a good reason to smack you and I up against the head just just waiting for us to do something wrong and then pounce with condemnation and conviction and all this stuff and don't misunderstand me the spirit of the Lord will convict us of sin in our lives and the spirit of the Lord will convict us of things that need to change in our hearts 
Don't miss that. But to the other extreme, sometimes we go and we depict God as being so loving that everybody gets a pass on everything. And neither of them are true. Neither of these are true regarding the nature of God, but here's here's the reality. God is a just God, and His law will not willfully be transgressed without meeting His wrath and His judgment. Mark it. It will come to those who thumb their nose at the laws of God and walk in immorality. He will not be mocked. His justice will be served. But on the other hand, he's also a loving God. And the work that he so often does in our lives today is not aimed at beating us up, but rather at building us up. Because he wants you and I to be successful. He wants you and I to be victorious. He wants you and I to grow and mature in the spirit. And this is spiritual pruning when sometimes he builds us up by putting his finger on things in our lives and saying, hey, that's got to go. That's got to go. And, and the pruning that God does in our lives, it's not because he's always angry with us or wants to punish us. Actually, it's quite the opposite. According to Hebrews, there's a race that's been marked out for us, and the end of that is a heavenly prize. And in order to run this race well, we have to remove from us the things that hinder us or the things that would disqualify us. And sometimes God in the Spirit has to come and identify those things things in our lives and say hey set it aside Hebrews 12 1 therefore we also since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside and I love the distinction that the 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 writer to the Hebrews makes here and again if you take notes I want you to notate these two phrases it is every weight and the sin I'm thankful today for the clarification that it's not just the sin, the sin, the sin, the sin, although I am thankful for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that continually renews us and restores righteousness in our lives and calls us to a place of holiness, but I'm also thankful that He will work in our lives in other ways that the weight... Because sometimes I find myself concerned with a whole lot of things that don't matter at all. At all. But I carry them around like it's some kind of prized possession. Can I tell you that some of the grief we bear is absolutely needless? Can I tell you that a lot of the worry, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the concerns that we take ownership of in our lives may not be wrong and may in some sense be legitimized, but the truth of the matter is we have the invitation from the Lord to cast all our cares upon Him, but yet we'd rather tote it around in a sack and be hindered in our race than surrender it to the Lordship of Jesus. And I'm glad for the distinction here that yes, it is the sin, but sometimes there's also the weight that so easily ensnares us 
and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Let me tell you something. This is not easy. I understand this. It's not a comfortable process. But in the end, when things are removed that aren't healthy for us, we find something more from life that couldn't have been found without the pruning. Let's just face it. There, there are some things in our lives, even some good things, that impede our ability to grow as followers of Jesus, and we need to be willing to subjugate ourselves to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and to lay those things aside so that we can take up and engage in and walk in the things that are more fruitful in our lives. A Christian, again, is someone whose strength comes by living in connection with Jesus Christ. And Galatians chapter 5 talks about nine fruits or products of the Spirit that should be a part of our lives. And, and I, I want to challenge you this week, I'll maybe read this daily. Okay, Galatians chapter 5, it begins in verse 22. It's just a couple of short verses. You might even write it out. You know, oh Lord, some of you got sweaty right then. You, you remembered your fifth grade school teacher making you write sentences over and over again. You, you were afraid I was going to say to you, go home and write this out a hundred times, right? No, I do want you to read it, and I do want you to rehearse it, and I do want you to get it down deep in your spirit. And as you're allowing that to get down deep in your spirit, I want you to reflect on it as you would your own appearance in a mirror, the appearance of your natural man. I want you to, I want you to stand before this spiritually speaking and say, what's missing in my life? Because the word says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And sometimes in the spirit, we just need to square up with this reflection of fruitfulness. And we need to look at our own lives and say, you know what? One of these things is not like the other. And as I look at my spiritual reflection here in the word, I realize that my life is lacking in joy. And Lord, I, I want to understand why. Holy Spirit, help me understand why there's no fruit of joy in my life can I tell you today listen to me but the fruit of the Spirit is because there's there's so many of us that go through life with the mistaken concept that joy and many of these other peace and all these things that they're the fruit of our circumstances Right? When, when, when circumstance change, when, when the conditions around me change, when the people around me start acting more favorable towards me, then I'll have joy. Then I'll be at peace. Then I'll love. But the word here says that the fruit of the Spirit is these things. Not, not the fruit of circumstances or the conditions externally around us, but what is being cultivated in our hearts by the work of the Holy Spirit as we are in the vine 
What is he cultivating? What are we allowing him to cultivate in our spirits? And sometimes we need to step back and take a look in this spiritual mirror and say, Lord, what's missing in my life as far as fruitfulness goes and why? And I promise you the Lord will put his finger on some things in your heart, some thoughts you've been having, some things that you've been subjecting yourself to, some influences that you're allowing in your life. And he's going to say, hey, set it aside. Set it aside. And I want you to think for a moment about these fruits listed in in the Galatians passage here. These are areas that most every believer has a desire to grow in. As a a matter of fact, a lot of people are at their physician seeking prescriptions for some of these things. But they're found in the Spirit. They're found in the Spirit. And and the only way for these fruits that they're able to grow day to day in our lives is for us to remain connected to Jesus through full surrender and unwavering faithfulness. And as we remain connected, the divine gardener prunes away the unhealthy and the fruitless parts of our lives. And we remain in him through adversity, through trial and hardship. We remain connected to the vine and we remember that apart from him we can do nothing. Listen, spiritual growth is not an accident. It's it's not an accident. The Christian life is a process that we enter into when the seed of the gospel is planted in our hearts and we open our lives to God. And to grow in faith takes an intentional effort, a fierce determination, and and the unquenchable grace of God in our lives. And it's true that God loves us just as we are, but it's equally true that he doesn't want us to stay that way. In areas where we're fruitless, he doesn't want us to stay that way. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to bear fruits of the Spirit in our lives. And I want to ask you today, what are some specific areas of your life that could use some pruning in order to allow healthy growth in the Spirit to happen? And if we're, if we're really honest with ourselves, we've probably sensed the Lord leading us to let go of some things. I know I've been on my own personal journey of some things that, you know, I'm praying through right now and the, the Lord is just touching my heart and saying, hey, you know what, that, that's just not for you. It's a great thing, it's a good thing, but it's just not for you. I need you to let that go. I need you to lay that down. Because it's, it's keeping you, you're saying yes to good things when really I've got greater things and you need to reserve your yes for the best. And listen, if we're honest, we probably all have that area or those areas in our lives where we just sense that the Lord's asking us to let go of some things and we've got to have the faith. You know, we talk about you know, the faith to step out of the boat, to walk on the water and all those things. Do you know how much faith it takes sometimes just to let go? Just to, just to let go of some things. It doesn't matter if it's hurt that we've harbored in our hearts for years. You know, because our, our question is, you know, Lord, if I let go of this hurt, then who's going to vindicate me? Who's, who's going <laughs> to... 
If I don't carry on the vendetta, who's going to get even? And, and sometimes it takes a great deal of vulnerability to just say, Lord, you know what? It doesn't matter if nobody ever gets even. I want to grow. And therefore, I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you take it from me because I see that, you know what? Getting even over here is nothing compared to getting what you've got in store for me. It may be some unhealthy or even sinful relationships that are keeping us from growing. Maybe, maybe your steady diet of comparison. Mainly brought to us in this generation compliments of social media. You just binge on the highlight reel of everybody else's life until you feel like you're not blessed and, and God's not working in your life and you're not beautiful and you're not chosen and you're not anointed and you're not talented and your kids don't act the right way. And you know what? Those kids probably had to be threatened within an inch of their lives to pose like that. But it's, you know... But we live in a steady diet of comparison and, and, and we just, you know what, maybe that's something we need to deal with and maybe the Lord's speaking to your heart right now and just saying, you know what, that's not, that's not a good place. It's, it's not sinful, but it's not good. And you need to set it aside. That needs to be dealt with. That needs to be pruned away. Maybe it's the negativity that you've carried in your heart for years that needs to be pruned away. Maybe you need to listen to your own words sometimes. I wonder why nobody likes to be around me. Well, maybe that you're like hanging out with Eeyore the donkey. It's just negative. Yeah, some people you just you see them coming, you're like, hey. And that's where it stops. You don't dare say, how are you doing? <laughs> Woo. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Can I offer a disclaimer? Because invariably, okay, this is Pastor Steve talking right here, okay? Invariably, I share a message like this about pruning, about honing, focusing, things like that. Somebody wants to come to me and say, you know, Pastor, I think the Lord's dealt with my heart about this ministry I'm involved in. Let me just tell you something. That is not the voice of the Lord, okay? There's a 90-day there's a 90-day moratorium on retirement from ministry positions in this church, okay? So, so that it gives time for this message to kind of get in your rear view a little bit, okay? God is not speaking to you through this message to step away from your ministry, all right? But we've got to trust that God knows even what he's doing, even when we don't understand it, and we've got to allow him to trim those things away. Listen, I, I love two, two things really quick, and then I'm wrapping up. I love the illustration set for us. You know, Paul talks about when I was a man, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, I, I, I allowed some of those things to be pruned out of my life. And then later on, we find him saying, forgetting those things that are behind, I press towards the mark of the upward call of God. Right? 
and that's how we need to be but I think this is illustrated so beautifully in that when Elijah the prophet was passing through and he saw Elisha the son of Shaphat plowing with the yoke of oxen there and 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 he comes by and he puts his mantle on him and Elisha runs after him and he says hey what's up he said you know God showed me that you're to be my successor in the prophetic ministry once Elisha realized, and I, I read this passage for years in the King James Version, and honestly, it, it never struck me until like 50 times through what was actually being said here. But it, it says here that Elisha went back to where those oxen were, that he killed them, and he made, he made a fire with the plows. The, the, the farming implements that he was using to plow when the call of God came to his life, he went back and made a fire with them and, and cooked the oxen on the fire made with the plows. Now I'm going to tell you what, that's committing to the cause. That's, that's a stripping away. That's a pruning that says, hey, this is what I've, God has had for me, but that's what God has in my future, and I'm not going to be distracted by what has been in pursuit of what God has in store for me moving forward. Lord, take it away. Take it away. Let me tell you something. A plant is healthier after the pruning has revitalized its growth. And so a Christian experiences growth when the unhealthy areas of their lives are trimmed and thinned. And though this process can be painful in the moment, the outcome is divine and it's beautiful and as followers of Jesus we have got to see God's work in our lives as something that has our best in mind and his glory at stake I want to invite you to stand all over this place today a beautiful congregation so receptive of the word this morning I know I can sense that you've been drinking it in today and I love that. I love that. I love that. Because again, we're, we're running roots down deep. Who, who knows the mind of the Lord? Who knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God? And the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God, and reveals them to us. And I'm, I'm telling you, church, I'm, I'm sharing these messages with you, and I'm slowing down just a little bit and taking times with the passage because... I just want you to see where it is that God's leading us because I, I believe that there's many, many, many in, in this place that are hungry for the deeper things of God and to have more fruitful lives in the Spirit. And I just, I sense in, in all sincerity that there's, there's many hungry hearts that are looking for that very thing. And... I'm just so appreciative of you drinking in this word today. But the word needs to be watered. The ground has to be tilled. The garden has to be weeded. And the branches have to be pruned. How do we do that? It's not just by showing up on Sunday mornings. It's by getting in your prayer closet every day, sharing fellowship with Jesus in the Holy Spirit, reading your word, 
praying, yielding, laying your life on the altar, saying, search me, oh God, know my heart. See if there's anything, good thing, that's not a God thing that needs to get out of my life. Bad thing that's hindering me, that's holding me back. Because I want to grow and I want to be fruitful. So today, every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking around in this moment. If you just say, Pastor, I want to grow in the things of the Spirit. I want to see God flourish. I want to see the fruit of the Spirit flourish in my life in this coming year. That's you. I want to to invite you to slip a hand up all over this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be all of us. I want to invite you here in this moment. We're going to sing a couple of worship songs here. And as we do that today, if you're in this place and you say, Pastor, there's some things in my life that I sense the Lord pruning. And today, as we worship the Lord, I just want to lay those things on the altar. I want to I leave it here because I don't want just good things in my life. I want God things in my life. And I know I need to make room. I need to clean out the closet. I need to allow the Spirit of the Lord to prune some things off of my branch so that what comes back is flourishing in the Spirit. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.